Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, July 13, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Quite an interesting day. We had the CPI Kabuki Theater situation going this morning, so let's pick it up from there. 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, they have the CPI release. Now, if you remember, it was the last release that they killed the tape and they collapsed the market. Could have went either way today. They spiked it right out of the gate in terms of the futures, but then they actually pulled the rug out and they killed the tape. Now, here's the situation. They had an opportunity to keep going, and they didn't. So let's look at it from the perspective of what did they do? What didn't they do? Why didn't they do it? They had an opportunity to do it. So let's look at a couple of things. What's jumping off the page on the daily chart? Now they're below the 20-period moving average. We've been discussing that. But we'll note that today they ran up to fill the gap left open from yesterday, spiked it by a little bit, and closed below. Closing below the gap after the type of gap down they had, even though they filled the gap, isn't necessarily a bearish development. It's still not a bad situation, so let's talk further about it. We said before they had an opportunity to keep going, but they didn't. Well, when I look over here to the left, I see a breakup candle. It's the last breakup candle in the sequence, and the low was 372.90, We'll call it 373, give or take. While they didn't get down there today, we can certainly make a case that they at least made an attempt to run a test of the most recent breakup candle low in the sequence. They didn't get all the way there. That's fair enough. We're in the midst of options expiration week. We know that weird stuff happens. We've talked about it a number of times. They gapped them down. We had a rescue operation. The old adage of Whipsaw Wednesday certainly didn't disappoint. So here's the situation. Dating back to last week, they ran a test of or in the vicinity of the breakdown candle high. Then they came down and we can say that they ran a test at least in the vicinity of the breakup candle low. Quite interesting to say the least. What was the low of day today? How about 374.66 against our number that's been on the screen forever, it seems, at 374.65? Do we think there are any accidents or coincidences? Does anybody now understand why I left that number on the screen? It's important. It's still important. If they get below it, we're almost meaning on closes, hourly closes, daily closes. Then it really opens the door down to 370 and potentially lower. But they have yet to really get below for any sustained period of time. That's one of the things that makes it or continues to make it important. I also want to take a look at the weekly chart. Why is that? Because the weekly chart is still doing something very interesting. They made the low a few weeks ago down at the 365. We know about all that. The following week was a nice, big, healthy breakup candle. And now they're eating time off the clock for the third week in a row after the big breakup candle. 
What are they doing? They're building energy for another move higher. To where? To climb up the breakdown candle and into the convergence of these moving averages. Whether or not they can get above that stuff is a mystery today. We don't even need to consider whether they can or they can't. We don't need to speculate on it. All we need to know is what the next major move for the market is and if the weekly chart is right or my read of the weekly chart is right, we're going to find the chart or price up around that 412, 410, depends on where those moving averages are at the time price gets up there, assuming it does, but that's the look of the chart. And if, in fact, they do get up there, it will be, and we'll pinpoint the number if they start to make the move, it will be overhead resistance. Think about this for a moment. CPI comes out, nobody likes it, they kill the tape immediately. The Fed comes out, or at least they start to jawbone, and there's more discussion about, hey, maybe they're going to raise a full percentage point or 100 basis points in the next meeting. Well, you would think that would at least spook the market a little bit nothing doing they still had even though finished down on the day by a couple of bucks in the spider still had somewhat of a rescue operation with an opportunity to kill the tape why didn't they do it maybe the draw is in the northern direction doesn't have to be every day they run shakeout operations the trick trap fool and frustrate crew's job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible so they always make it look like they're not going to do the thing that they're ultimately going to do that is by definition the shakeout operation let's check out what happened inside the numbers today it's hump and cpi day really doesn't matter what the market's doing before the cpi release meaning at zero dark 30 because it's the aftershock we're waiting on so we do the numbers anyway and getting below the big fat round number of 380, and remember this was early this morning before the announcement, staying below opens the door, and this is 30 S&P handles almost, down to 377 and a quarter and more, real time obviously as needed. If they goose the tape, there's some numbers up north, they didn't get there today, but in the pre-market they did spike it up pretty good. Here's the daily chart of the ES, and you can see the high of day today, which was this morning, 38.73. That coincides with those numbers in the northern direction that we just took a look at from inside the numbers. The 384, 385.30, it's all up in that same neighborhood. Here's the pre-market SPY chart, and you can see the high on the spike was 385.71. Let's move along, see what else we have. It was a bit of a rodeo today. Not an easy day to trade, as certainly in the morning session. However, we did have traders that made several trades off the numbers provided. As we say in the trading parlance, they took multiple bites out of the apple. Right out of the gate, we're letting them go for a few by 941. Below 375 is another can of worms that opens the hole down to 372.50 and possibly down to 370. 375 was somewhat of a line in the sand. Remember, low of day was one penny above 374.65 at 66, just a little bit of a spike of 375, and they immediately recovered back above it. They knew that it was a line in the sand. Who is they, you might ask? 
the market participants. By definition, all the people that trade in the market at any given time are the market participants, and therefore, that is the they. It's a collective. The market is a group of participants. We're moving along. What I urge you to do is read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. The market was whippy all morning long. The numbers were working quite well, I might add. You'll see in the notes we had 375.90 as an early pivot. They rallied above it. They came back to run a test, came in between the important numbers, and then took off to the upside. That, by definition, is an early pivot. Look what happened in this candle. They came right down immediately after making a pretty good spike above it, came down for a back test and right back up, and then another back test. When you see that kind of stuff and you have the number, it confirms that that number is in fact important. If they're not falling apart, they'll want to fight back to 377.25. Now, mind you, this is before the opening bell. That 941 post was 914. That's just a typo or slash fat finger on my part. So all this information is pre-opening bell. So how do we know 375.90 is our early pivot before the opening bell? We know. We're moving along. Staying below 377 and a quarter keeps sell the rips on the table. By the way, right of the vertical is today's activity. So think about that for a moment. They're going to want to fight back to 377 and a quarter. They did that. They found overhead resistance after a spike of it. So it was a sell the rip environment until they got comfortably over 377.25, started closing candles up there. Then they really ripped them higher on another leg higher to fill the gap left open from yesterday. And we're moving them along. Even after the opening bell, they'll want to fight back to 377.25. So there were traders that took that and they took the trade. As they push higher, 379.45 is the next area of overhead resistance above 377 and a quarter, then the big fat round number of 380. And there you have it. They get sucked up to that price. They find overhead resistance and they pull back. That's garden variety market behavior. As long as you know your numbers, you're generally good to go. Again, read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart to double check the work. It was a rodeo, but I'm telling you that the numbers held true all day long. Things quieted down a little bit as the morning grew on. If they can get above the gap left open from yesterday, the next spot is really around 382. Back to the chart, 382. They came up a couple of cents short. The high of day was 381.92. That's certainly in the give or take camp. The numbers work. Think about what we said here, by the way. If they can close candles above 380.30, the door will open for a grind up to 382 and so on. What did they do? They started getting above, immediately pushed up to 382. Why? Because it's magnetic, and those magnetic numbers draw a price in, whether they're on the upside or the downside. Read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart to double-check the work. Stocks on the move. We're going to take a look at the chart of DAL or Delta, FAST, and letter U. The rest of the stuff didn't hit their price objectives. They're off the board. They become no trades. 
First up, Delta Airlines getting a buzz cut at the open. 29.59 was the first number on the board. They opened below it, so it's off the board. Then what happened? They came into the second number, 28.73, bounced right off of that number, provided the minimum required base hit, came back for a retest, went up the rest of the day. The numbers work. Check this one out, Fastenel. They come up short right out of the gate. 46.58 low against 46.45. They bounce away. They provide the deal. So we're not watching it anymore. It's off the table. What do they do later in the day? They come to satisfy the number, turn around and go back up in the other direction, theoretically providing the minimum required base hit. But nobody's taking that trade in the afternoon after they came up penny short out of the gate. They just didn't do it in the manner in which, but... The takeaway is, and you guessed it, the numbers work. How about Unity Software? Check this out. Opening print, 34.04. One penny below the 34.05. They do the thing, but it opened below, so I take it off the board. They came in later in the day to the second number all the way down here, bounced around a bit, provided the minimum required base hit. But again, it's one of those, they didn't do it in the manner in which, they hovered over the number for a couple of hours. They came close. They bounced away. So again, they didn't do it in the manner in which, but again, the takeaway is the numbers work. That's right. Repeat after me. Camp IWM, same routine. Relative strength, same routine as yesterday. Relative strength didn't finish on the high of day, but finished above the 20-period moving average. Again, it's not that important because they've been riding it, but from a psychological perspective, they had a choice to finish above or below it. They chose to finish above it, so we'll take that for what it's worth. Did not close above yesterday's closing price. However, they're close to it. Still a bullish situation. Look what we have here. Unlike the SPY, it looks a little bit different. Here we have a low, a higher low, and potentially, we don't know yet, but a third higher low taking the market up on another leg higher. Again, they had an opportunity to kill the tape today. They chose not to. I'm going to take that for what it is at face value and say there's something bullish drawing price in the northern direction. Not so much for the folks down at the transportation department. They got killed today down 1.3%, so relative weakness on my second favorite market leading indicator, but a number one canary in the coal mine. So we want to put this one on a sticky note. They came all the way back down for a pseudo-retest. Didn't quite get there, almost got there. 12,800, why is it still on the chart? Because it's still important. It's very similar to the other number from the SPY, 374.65. It's akin to that one. You can make a case they put in a daily tail candle, but without making a new low, I'm not going to hold as much to that as normally if they did make a new low. Pickup in volume last two days above the average volume, so we want to note that. Closing below the breakup candle low for the first time, that's important stuff. If they don't recapture it right away, that's going to be a negative signal. I would put this stuff on a sticky note. The transports are my second favorite market leading indicator, but a number one canary in the coal mine. It means something. The Q people, same chart as the IWM, same chart as the SPY for the most part. This one, we do have another situation, low, 
higher low, higher low. That's a good slash bullish situation. If they come down and they breach these lows, then guess what? All bets are off. They would get below this breakup candle low, opens a door for a test of the lows. Totally different market situation. That goes in the camp of opens up a different can of worms. Higher lows, bullish. Lower lows, bearish. Different can of worms. The higher low, they're running a test. It's a shakeout. Lower lows, you better get out. XLF. The $31 level is also akin to the same $374.65 in the Spider and the same $12,800 in the Transports. These are all important numbers. They're all having tests run on them. It's very, very important. If they start giving them up, there's another leg lower. If they all hold, they've been running a test. Bullish pullback slash lower lows, totally different can of worms. That's the read on the tape. Smash Mouth, what did we say last night? They were making a bullish, flaggish kind of pattern. They dipped lower today, never filled the gap, turned around before the gap. We know how to read that one. Either they'll be back sooner than later to fill that gap, or it's bullish for now. They'll be back to fill it later, but it's bullish for now, and they'll take off to the upside. Get above these highs here, and this goes for all the markets. In this case, 209.90, and there's another leg up to at least 215 to 16. We're going to take a look at gold. This is the August futures contract. And the reason why we're looking at it is I got a lot of questions on gold. They were putting in a bottom. They put in a tail candle. They had a flush lower in the morning. They reversed. They're having a bullish day. All that stuff. Should we hop on gold? Should we buy GDX? Should we buy the gold miners? All that stuff. Here's what I'll tell you. They haven't reached my number yet. When they do... I'll be all over it. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.